Hello everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Deanna's Writing Desk. To see previous episodes and a list of upcoming episodes, go to deannahardy.com forward slash podcast and you'll have all the information there for you as well as links to various podcast platforms. I'm going to be talking about a couple of things on this episode. I am going to delve into writing werewolves and shifters and paranormal beings and all the joys that come with that. But first of all, I want to give my readers, my regular readers, an update on the book that I've got coming out on the 31st of October. This is called Sins of the Father. It is a novelette that is part of a series of four novelettes that make up a overarching story called After the Storm. After the Storm is not a standalone. You cannot read these four novelettes having not read the Eye of the Storm series. You absolutely have to read that first, otherwise you really won't understand what's going on at all. But if you have read Eye of the Storm and you've gotten to the end of Eye of the Storm, After the Storm details essentially what happened in the five months that followed the storm and also the very last novelette will delve into five years later, five years after that storm. These are lovely little stories actually. I've had a lot of fun writing them and as I've written them I have had this future series that I'm going to write that is literally going to follow on from Eye of the Storm and After the Storm. I've had that unfold before me which is a lovely experience. You know, if you're a writer, you might be familiar with this, where you kind of just zone out when you type and you let the words come to you, let the characters speak. And before you know it, they've actually given you the situation that they want you to go into. It's sort of like, it is a bit like trance. (laughs) It's like you shut a part of your brain down as you write and let the subconscious, if you like, take over. And you just type and you just let let the words flow, you let the situations flow and then all of a sudden there it is. There is the cue to the next story or the cue to, you know, the book that I'm going to write in three years time. (laughs) So it's taking shape for me as I write it and it's being laid out before me as I write these stories, which is a really lovely feeling. And I have a really good idea now about how I'm going to start with this new series that will probably come out end of 2000 and no beginning of, I'm not sure, 2025 is going to be, I think, when the beginning of the new series is published. 2024, I've got another book I want to write, which is Fathoms Deep. That's been um, a few years coming, that book, so I do want to get on that. But Sins of the Father is a lovely little novelette. These four novelettes essentially make up a novel, okay? The novel, you know, is going to be called After the Storm when it comes out as a paperback. But I've called it for the moment, that's, that's kind of its series name as each of the individual ebooks are published. And these four novelettes make up essentially one novel but with four very specific and different 
events, if you like, or phases of these characters' journeys that take place. These four events are not completely separate from each other, but are also quite individual to the characters themselves and what they're going through. So you get a really good glimpse about kind of like the the healing journey and the difficulties and challenges that these characters have had to overcome from inside because of everything that had happened before in the Eye of the Storm series and, you know, their lives before that as well. In this particular book, Sins of the Father, you get a really important insight into Ryan's frame of mind, into essentially everything that he has pushed aside or repressed over the past probably 30 years of his life in order to be able to look after the people that he loves. So in order to be able to live the life that he wants to live, in order to be able to lead uh, Lawrence's pack, in order to be able to fulfil his mission, he's had to push away, repress, block out all the things that he essentially couldn't fix, all the things that he couldn't deal with. You know, that saying, let bygones be bygones. We kind of tend to say that when there's nothing we can do about it anymore. How do we go in there and fix it? How do we deal with that when we're dealing with this huge thing in the present or we've got that looming in the future? It's like there are, there are things that we have to put to one side so that we can get on and do the things that we need to do. And that is essentially the position that Ryan has found himself in over the past 30 years or so and now after the storm he has essentially a relative period of peace and all those things that he couldn't deal with before are essentially pounding on his door for him to deal with now so there is that going on in sins of the father which i think is uh, quite an interesting insight it's an interesting thing to get into and you know all these all the things that these characters are going through in these four novelettes in some ways or another in the series to come will either rear its head in small ways or you will see how they had already overcome these things in the past in order to deal with the new things that will take place in the future. You get to meet three very important people, new people (laughs) in the Sins of the Father book and uh, you only meet them for the briefest moment and you only get a tiny, 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 tiny minuscule hint of their personalities and who they are. I mean, it's really tiny, but significant. It's a really important introduction to these three people and understanding the kind of emotions behind their coming into the world is incredibly important and it's lovely to kind of understand how that took place it's a little bonus for readers it is but again how these three new people come into being their existence if you like how they are cemented into the world will also kind of come into play in the future a little bit you know I've said that these four novelettes will contain easter eggs for what is to come in the future so those easter eggs are like they're like hints you know they're like little tiny uh, 
bonus information, if you like, for those that read after the storm, that they will then be able to go, oh, you know, yeah, that connects to that time, you know, in that novelette when so-and-so did this or when that happened and so on. So it does add a certain amount of depth to it. So I'm really hoping that you enjoy it. And, you know, in a few years to come, when you're reading the new series, you you, you get it. You get those moments of, ah. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, I'm so happy this book has nearly finished its editing now. I've gotten back my edits from my editor and I've just sent them back again for a final clarification on a couple of things. And then when that comes back, I'm going to tidy it all up, format it for digital publication. So that's going to go up for pre-order within the next week. I'm hoping to do it by this weekend, to be completely honest, by Sunday, by the end of Sunday. But we'll see if I can't get it done by the end of Sunday. It will be soon after, I think. I'd like to get on it and get it out there for pre-order as soon as possible. And then I will be getting on and beginning the last novelette in a couple of weeks or so. And also the new covers for the Eye of the Storm series are going to go out by the end or before the end of October. So I'm really looking forward to doing that because it brings everything together. The new covers and the new look for Eye of the Storm is going to tie in a lot better with the After the Storm, these four little novelettes, and also the new series to come. The look of the whole thing, the feeling of the whole thing is really coming together now. And I just can't wait to show you. I'm really excited. So let's move on to talking about writing werewolves, writing shifters and paranormal beings and so on. Now I'm having to catch myself and think, how many paranormal beings have I written? Now, here's the funny thing, okay? I always thought that the first paranormal creature I would write in a fiction novel would be a vampire because I loved vampires. I was a real vampire chick <laughs> as a teenager. I really liked vampires. I liked the whole thing behind them. I liked the sensuality, the passion, the shadow, you know, that it's all about dealing with your dark, the dark parts of yourself and so on and so on. And I brought out um, a, a poetry compilation that was vampire based and based on those kinds of uh, shadows of the mind. So I always thought that the first fiction book I would write would be about vampires, that the series would be about vampires, but no, I wrote The Witching Pen. So I ended up writing about witches, demons. The demons were quite big in The Witching Pen, the demon world, the philosophy of the seven tribes, which may or may not come into play again, actually, in the future series, because this future series that I'm writing in 2025 will cross over The Witching Pen series and Eye of the Storm. Demon mythologies in general, I think, will make a comeback. That's going to come back into play. Um, I wrote Angels. Now, I really enjoyed writing Angels, I have to say. I enjoyed writing Angels much more than I thought I would. And for me, they're kind of like the flip side of vampires. <laughs> vampires are just fallen angels as far as I'm concerned they're like two different sides of the same creature that's how I see angels very much so but of course there is also the whole connection to gods and godly beings and deities that angels have and I've also written about gods about deities and so on and bringing that into the fore I've touched on dragons I don't feel I've really properly gone into dragons but I've touched on dragons um, with the very last half of the witching pen series. And of course, for the Eye of the Storm series, I've written werewolves, specifically werewolves, okay? In the Witching Pen series, I did touch on shifters, 
um, because one or two of the characters in that were shifters. One was half demon, half shifter. The other one was half witch, half shifter, wholly human. Um, humans are the ones that can shift, by the way, humans and demons or demons with human sides, I think. I need to go back to my series and see if I wrote that in. I think I did somewhere or other. Anyway, writing werewolves was a lot of fun because I differentiated them from shifters when I started to write them and I made them very much about the mutation. There was a physiological or biological mutation that essentially created the werewolf gene. They are essentially genetic paranormal beings. They're genetic monsters, as it were. Um, whereas shifters you can still shift if you're human and there is no genetic mutation there. It's essentially about the mind and about your intent and your ability to essentially do magic. That is more akin to where my shifters are, whereas with the werewolves, it is about a mutant gene. So when you're actually writing all these creatures, my favourite thing, my absolutely favourite thing about writing all these creatures is you get to be as wild as you want to be. <laughs> Essentially, these creatures can encompass the breadth and the depth of human emotion. All the extremes in life that you feel uncomfortable projecting or expressing because, you know, we live in a society where you can't just go around being, you know, extra wild or extra free or as blah as you might want to be. You can put that into your supernatural characters. That's kind of what they're there for. They're there to be the extreme versions of you and they're there to do wild things and to stretch the limits of what's probable. I have found them a great way to explore emotions, you know, really get to the crux of those kind of raw emotions that people tend to find quite uncomfortable. And the beautiful thing about writing in an explicit way, writing emotions in an explicit and intense way, and, you know, in my case, sometimes a sexual way as well, is that you really get to tap into people's uncomfortableness. And I, I do like to do that because it's only when you stretch yourself in that way that you change from the inside out. I was, um, I've always been a bookworm. I started reading when I was maybe two and a half. My grandmother taught me how to read. You know, I remember sitting on her lap and her going through words with me. So I was starting to read words from about two and a half years old. From the moment I could read properly, I was buying books. Every second I could buy books and I was reading all kinds of things. You know, I read the whole Little Women series uh, by Louisa May Alcott. I read all of those when I was about six or seven years old and I read A Little Princess. That was my absolute favourite book when I was about six, A Little Princess by Frances Hodgson Burnett. And I was devouring all these books and really, you know, pouring my eyes out with some of them. Like a little princess made me cry a lot. You know, little women in some of the scenes, like, you know, spoiler alert, when Beth dies, everyone knows this, right? You, we all know Beth dies. <laughs> um, I bawled my eyes out. I bawled my eyes out. And it was a way to really stretch myself. And especially when you're so young, it's sometimes uncomfortable to cry so freely, especially because you're often kind of not exactly told off for crying, but you're always kind of told it's okay, it'll it'll get better, you know, up you get, everything's going to be okay. So you don't always feel comfortable crying and just letting the tears flow. And that is one of the things I've really enjoyed about reading books. You know, this is throughout my teenage years as well, that I could tap into a well of emotion when I 
was reading and I could release myself in very specific ways and new ways that I couldn't necessarily do with my friends or do when I was out and about but I was able to do it with books and because I could do it with books I grew as a person I was able to tap into that part of myself and change so books have always been cathartic for me they've been therapeutic they've been very healing you know reading fiction very much so and the other thing that I always found I did with books was that I would find there was a lot of truth in fiction that there was a lot of truth to psychology human emotions and so on and so on and in so many ways I'd find it more truthful than real life you know it's I I often felt that I'd go out into real life and you know people kind of just were always hiding themselves they weren't being kind of who they wanted to be and yet in books everyone's always praised for being who they want to be or you'd find characters just really they're really being able to fulfill their potential something that I didn't see so easily in real life certainly not in my younger years that was a beautiful experience for me to be able to read all of that in books so I bear all of this in mind when I'm writing werewolves and demons and shifters and all kinds of paranormal creatures I am literally thinking about stretching the limits of people's emotions and people's imaginations and helping to give them a vision a vision of the potential of who they could be or who the people around them could be what society could be and so on and so on in that respect books are not just fiction for me they are the potential of what we could be if we wanted to for good or worse and that potential is a beautiful thing I think it's what keeps hope alive it's what keeps you trying and expanding and growing as a human being so it's really important for me to put that kind of potential and that kind of hope into books and when I'm writing paranormal creatures I feel like I can do that to the max because you can really explore wild and unfettered things when you write paranormal because people see it as fantasy you can go to extremes with it and it doesn't ruin the story you can't do that when you're writing something like uh, realism contemporary fiction um you know where where the characters are real and you're supposed to be very real with them one of the reasons why in the once times thrice series why i put that tiny little bit of magic in there or maybe magic you know it's not specifically stated that it's the spell that does it it's just that there are some characters that have that belief and as a reader you go oh is it the spell or isn't it the spell but the reason I put that in there was because it adds that paranormal element which means you can stretch the boundaries of reality for these characters and when you stretch the boundaries of reality the characters can go to places they wouldn't normally go if it was real now extrapolate what I've just said into real life if you stretch the boundaries of your own reality you can go to places that you've never been in your real life and this is something that I do regularly or try to do regularly in my day-to-day life I'm always trying to change my perceptions my views look at things a different way and stretch the boundaries of my reality quite literally to incorporate different things and different experiences into my life 
And I just think that reading and writing the paranormal helps you do that. It's always helped me to do that and it can help the reader to do that. I don't know. There are people I'm sure who do not read paranormal for that particular reason. (laughs) Do not read werewolves for that particular reason. But that is the reason why I write it. I have to say that is the reason why I write it. It's to stretch all of these things, our imaginations, and to help us to see the potential of what we could become and how all our limits are not set. We can break them and we can stretch them all the time. So that in a nutshell is my great love of writing paranormal and I don't see myself stopping writing paranormal anytime soon. Even if I was going to write realism I would find a way to sneak something paranormal or supernatural in there. Even when I wrote Broken Lights which was very much set in the real world there were huge questions about life and death and the important changes you need to make in your life when it all goes wrong and how to break out of a life that you were born into that you don't want and all of these things and you wouldn't necessarily think that these things are supernatural that these questions are ethereal and yet if you make them ethereal if you look at them from you know a kind of slightly spiritual way pushing those boundaries asking questions about life and death suddenly you have a very different perspective of what you could be, what you could fulfill if you wanted to. And that is very much a theme that runs throughout Broken Light. So I don't I don't see myself as excluding the supernatural, the paranormal or the ethereal in fiction to come. I'm very much in there with the paranormal, but I would say I don't always see it as paranormal. I sometimes see it as quite normal, a beautiful tool for expanding yourself and emotional growth. It really, really is. So there we go. I'm going to leave that there. That is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode, I am going to talk about Sarwen, which is Halloween, the 31st of October. That is around the corner. It's coming up. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. Um, Also, because I've got a book coming out on the 31st of October, it's very normal for me. It's actually traditional for me to bring a book out on the 31st of October. I have done so for the past few publications. So I'm going to be talking about that. Sarwen, Halloween, my thoughts around that. Take care of yourselves and I shall see you next week.